You guys want some cookies? 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 From the new garage, Umlaut, (laughs) over new, and a U, of course. It's a throwback podcast. I'm Dan Hansis, joined by my bosom buddy, Bubby Castrone. And Bob, what is it that we hear, Bubby? Oh, I'm smiling ear to ear. I can't believe we got Zwan to provide the opening theme song of the throwback pod. Completely out of print. Yeah, I don't know if that puts us in more legal jeopardy or less. No, I, I think it's tell. ours now. Oh, it, just, it defaults to us? Zwan, uh, which was in the news, if you want to call it that. A few weeks ago. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, our uh, friend, we don't know him, Stephen Hyden, uh, wrote a piece about Billy Corrigan's post-Smashing Pumpkins band uh, in the early 2000s. Um, I had the record. I have the CD in my parents' basement back in New York, still. I think that's now worth $10 million. The fact that it's not streaming and you have a hard copy of this, that's like, it's like one of those, uh, it's like an NFT, basically. Yes, and Hyden did a really good job. It's from 2003, and we're going to get into a whole bunch of 2003 stuff uh, in today's episode. Um, but I thought in that piece, which you should check out, talked about how this was his attempt to recapture the pumpkin's glory without all those other assholes from the pumpkins. Like the people that made the music good. Right. Yeah. And then and then he just ended up hating the people in this band too. The album's stiff because people didn't care about alternative rock anymore. Right. But the fucking music's good on it. It you, is. You gotta feel for Billy Corgan that he's this lovable, affable guy and he just keeps on teaming up with a bunch of unlikable people. How does that keep happening to Billy Corgan? I don't know. I have a take by the way. Good. Um, I think he kind of is at his peak hotness in the video for this. That is a take. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of remember the video. I don't remember thinking he was hot in it. But what yeah. was it about his? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Maybe time. Time. Here's the best part of the song, by the way. And again, Billy Corgan has no legal rights to this music anymore. It's ours. It's no longer streaming, and I have the CD. That makes it fair use. It's like happy birthday. Want a good old-fashioned Billy Corgan guitar solo to rip your balls off? Sure. Now we'll shut it off. Um, No, you don't have to. Great Uh, single, Forgotten by Time, um, and 2003, Bob, is a long time ago now. So it's good to see you, by the way. Good to see you, too. It's good to be back in the garage. Uh, I'm not ready to move on from Zwan quite yet, though. I think we're sending long-time listeners a mixed message because at some point very early on, I do believe we said, if you ever heard Zwan on this podcast, it means we're done. <laughs> like that was sort of the end of the road. Like we've done everything possible and right. now we're doing Zwan. Literally A to Z. Yeah. yeah like we've hit, yeah. we've hit it all. Now we're done. But instead, we're we're leading off our sort of rebirth with Zwan. Rebirth feels strong. It's a bit strong. As I said it, it didn't feel right either. Yeah. But we're back for now. That even feels a little strong. <laughs> but we are 
sitting here talking to each other. Yeah, we are. That's what I mean. So yeah, is recording. So that's good. We'll see about that. Um, yes. When's the last time we we did this? It was the best of 2022. It was. We were here just a couple months ago or a month and a half ago recording our favorite songs of 2022 episode that you never promoted. I did. It was one soft retweet. I don't even think it was that. It was a soft retweet. Soft retweet. It, I actually set, I set my alarm for 4 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Soft retweet. I think contractually, got out. I think contractually we're owed one hard retweet. <laughs> I promise you that's this a, will that's get... A, that's a quote tweet. This like, will get a real tweet. You got to quote tweet it. I promise you this app will get a, a legitimate tweet um, from my handle. It's like uh, it's almost like I, I'm not on the show the way I talk about it sometimes. No. Yeah. Like we're we're wooing you like you're the you're the star. What that, is that? What is that about that? I don't promote the show. Uh, what is it subconsciously? I don't even think it's subconscious. I think you're very consciously just not want people to know about this. <laughs> Well, half the things I say on the show probably would not sit well with some shadowy league figures. No, it's so a terrible idea. That, terrible idea that we're even doing this. So I don't actually blame you for not getting it out there. Um, so I wish Zwan was a thing. I wish I wish Zwan um, was streaming uh, on streaming platforms. I think honestly was one of the best singles of two thousand three. I thought the follow up single. There was another good one. That's what I'm trying was to find right Lyric. now. No, that's not the good one. There's another good one. Wait, wait, wait no, it's not the good one. This was a good one. Sure, sure, this is a good one. But there was another really good one. Amazing by, video. By the way, one. when you Google Zwan, yeah, uh, it says Zwan subhead supergroup. Oh, <laughs> so I don't know strong. how that got that. That is very strong. There's a very there's a very foxy bass player in this band too. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. Is a great Zwan song. Yeah. Top three Zwan songs, if you ask me. While I look that up, do you know that? <laughs> do you know that Zwan actually is on streaming services, but it's it's some type of a foreign band. It, it, someone does I did go see by that. Zwan. I did see that. Yeah, which seems kind of weird. I hate that. I would love for Spotify, if uh, you know the the big wigs at Spotify are listening, uh, fix that because the band Travis also every once in a while there'll be like a big update for Travis, and it's like some rapper in Travis. Travis uh, Scott, no. Travis Scott. No, it's like another Travis. Listen to this chorus, Bob. I can't believe we own this. I can't believe we own this too. Play Come With Me. Not right. to be, by the way, it's not the Come With Me from the Godzilla soundtrack. Come it's, with me. It's a Zwan mm-hmm. Come With Me. Which also is not on streaming services for what it's worth. Does that mean we own that too? I think so. <laughs> Here is Come With Me by Zwan. Welcome back to the Zwan episode <laughs> of Throwback Podcast. And they said we wouldn't run out of things to talk about. Come on. Wait, is this Dancing in the Dark? Better. Listen how this starts. a huge fan of our show and sued the fuck out of Billy Corrigan. <laughs> because of us? Not us. Oh yeah. Yes, Billy. Love me do to it with the harmonica. It's got a little bit of everything. Beatles. Zwan is a supergroup. They he can really do whatever was, they want. And I, I got to give 
Stephen Hyden credit for it because I didn't really realize it at the time. He basically threw out all that stuff that made the Smashing Pumpkins difficult to listen to. Right. In, you know, Ava, Adore, and then they put out other some space opera bullshit. And then they said, I'm going to try to go home again. Mm-hmm. And nobody was there anymore. Nobody was there. We moved. Well, I bought the CD. Can we put this on? $18 it? on it. We can't even put this on the throwback podcast playlist because do it. it doesn't exist. And then, of course, there was that 14-minute opus, Jesus, I, Mary, Star of the Sea. Of course, we all remember that. Let's listen to that in its entirety. <laughs> all right, we'll be back. <laughs> all right, so, all right. Bob. Yeah. 2003. Yeah, you were. You came up with the idea. Let, let's listen to Zwan and uh, get into 03, so it's going to be fun. Interesting time, 2003. It was our first year, full year post-college. Yep. Um, that is a hard year. Um it's the year where you're still like checking your college newspaper online. You know, right. you're still like not fully ready to move on. I hadn't moved out of home yet. I moved out a year later. I know you went basically straight from graduation to Brooklyn, as I recall. No, I was home for a little bit. I moved to Park Slope in January 03. 20 years ago this last month. You old piece of shit. I know. Um, yes, Park Slope, that old apartment. Um and, but that's a strange time uh, to be alive. You, you kind of, my first job out of college was writing, covering politics and human interest stories for the Rockland County Times, which was. Was that when you were traveling a lot? Fucking brutal. Was that when you were, no, that wasn't when you were doing the sports going all around, right? No, that was late. I got a job at the Journal News covering right. sports a little bit later. But I remember. Um, was this the weird one, like above a Mario's Pizza? Yes. Yeah. In uh, in Nanuet, New York, and uh, I remember them sending me to like town hall meetings, and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I I don't know why they would send a like a twenty two year old with no knowledge of public or local government, like. Like government, government, federal period. or local. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, yeah, find out what's going on with um, Article 4B. Is it something that will pass <laughs> this year? Because in past years, they've struggled to get it. And I'm like, what? And then one time I they sent me to cover something about like some bill, so, some local legislation. And I was trying to like follow it all. And uh, I was like, all right, I think that passed. And then I wrote the article. And this was a crack editor staff. There was this old man that ran the paper. Strange man. Um, he um, slapped it on the front page with a big headline. Like, I'll just throw the headline out there. It was like, I don't know, Becker wins the seat. And then literally the opposite was the case. It was like, whoever <laughs> Becker actually lost and... And they had to print a retraction, or Ooh. they didn't even print a retraction. Why they just, would they? Like, Nobody's, well, Nobody's using that as their primary news source. And I was like, what am I doing here? And that was 2000, 2003, or the year after college is kind of like a what am I doing here time in life. Um, and the music, when I hear a lot of the songs, and we're going to do just like the Billboard Top 10 end of the year, I think about that time in my life. Um, this is good, because I was coping with... The fact that 20 years ago, I kind of began my life moving out after college uh, in January 03. And I was just thinking about how how like ill prepared I was for the world and how when I think back to that time, you know, they say your frontal lobe doesn't fully develop until you're like 25. I feel like I didn't have a brain when I was 23. Like when I think back to what I was doing, where I was kind of I was doing things, I was working, I was living, but I feel like I was not all there. 
So it's interesting to think about it that way. So I'm excited to hear these uh, songs. I, I certainly think so. I think that um, I agree with you that back then it's crazy, like going to job interviews or again, any level of responsibility and not being prepared for any of that. Any stuff. of it. Any of it. Um, so let's get into it, Bob. Let's get into the top 10 songs of 2003, which was a, I don't know, I, it, based on the top 10 alone, and this is the Billboard like pop charts, you know, a little shaky. A lot of songs that I instantly remember, but not a lot of classics here. Well, I mean, it was prime music time for us in our indie modern rock world. Yes, this was a good time. Being in New York and with the strokes and everything else that was happening, but the pop charts, totally different beast. Um, all right. And with that said, we'll start with, Bob, a, a song that you you picked. Now, we always do one from outside the top 10. Uh, do you know where this one fell? It was somewhere in the middle. It was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, this, so this is the top 100 Billboard songs of 2003. And uh, I had to pick one of the top 100, and this was the one I chose. And as I recall... You said to me, I found the next Nirvana. Oh, I did. Yeah, I was all in. That was Fred Durst, actually. So. <laughs> thought she was grand. Oh, God. Fell in love, found out firsthand. <laughs> so bad already. Went well for a week or two. Then it all came unclued. In a trap, trip I can't grab. Never thought I'd be the one who'd sleep Then I started to realize I was living one big lie She fucking hates me Oh yeah Trust Oh yeah this Oh yeah <laughs> She does I tried to hold And she told my feelings like I had none Oh no, what do you do? Yeah, so like, this was, I don't know if it was Fred Durst's record label, but at that point, Durst was such a big deal that this was his band, and uh, he pumped Puddle of Mud up as a major artist to be reckoned with. Well, has Fred Durst ever been wrong about anything? I mean, he was <laughs> dead on again. No, looking at the top 100, this was the only song where I was like, that would be a fun song to fucking listen to for the first time in 20 years. And realize how terrible it was. And I was right. This is so much worse than I even remember. Are you sure? I mean, I mean, it is what it is. It, yeah. it, it reminds me of like late period offspring where they were just like ripping yes. off the Beatles and just trying to be kind of novelty act. But that's what this feels and, like. And, you me. know. Fred Durst is such a lump of fart that <laughs> he mostly said that Wes Scantlin, their singer, was the next Nirvana because he had blonde hair and was a white guy. Right. That was a lead singer, but there was nothing about him that had any of the edge of a, a actual Kurt Cobain or, you know, modicum of, of talent. And that, that, but when you have blonde hair. Right. And it's straight blonde hair. Can't be curly. Can't right. Be like can't, Sammy, be curly. can't be Sammy Hagar. No, no, no. Not a Hagar situation. When you have a vague passing resemblance to the most famous like singer of the 90s, right. people are going to maybe run with it. And someone might ask you at a radio station uh, to 
maybe do a Nirvana cover. Years later, after years and years of alcohol and smoking cigarettes and... Yeah, I don't even know if 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 he hadn't abused his himself that this would have been better. Right. But let me pull it up. It's actually I'm looking at YouTube. It says puddle of mud about a girl. Open parenthetical. Train wreck. Nirvana cover. <laughs> Are oh, you ready for this? Uh, born ready for this. All right, here we go. Sounds good so far. It's all right. <laughs> here we go. Oh. <laughs> no, stop, stop. You're hurting yourself. Thank you. Fit this Oh. 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 Wait, I can hear that part again. <laughs> <laughs> I think he nailed it if he's going for Kurt Cobain now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. That's crazy that that was something that, like, they didn't stop it down. <laughs> this is in a serious XM studio. So that it's strange, like, that they had some hits. Remember they had that song, Blurry? Remember yeah. That, that was another yeah. one. Um, no, they were in that crazy town era of, you know, Shit music with some decent sized hits and guys that you'll see wandering around farmers markets in LA. <laughs> I've seen this guy stumble around more than once. Have you seen Scantlin? Oh yeah, yeah. You've seen Scantlin a few times. Really? How did, how was he doing? He was a part of the uh, the rock and roll will never die moment that we saw many years ago. Oh, that's right. Wait, what's the backstory on that? We were at Shin, oh, no. Shin, Shin on Sunset, the Chinese restaurant. Me, Brian, and uh, Jason Zumwalt sitting inside eating dinner. And uh, we were like oh, no. new to L.A. Oh, no. And we realized like as we're sitting there, like, oh, shit, that guy like three tables over. That's the lead singer of Crazy Town. We've told the story before, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Nothing um, matters. Nothing matters. That's the lead singer of Crazy Town eating here. That's crazy town. Town. Um, so we're enjoying our shitty Chinese food. And all of a sudden, we just hear like a knock on the window. And we look up. And passing by on sunset, <laughs> puddle of mud, yes. pounding on the window to get Crazy Town's attention. Yes. Everybody in the restaurant looks up. Scanlon gives their rock and roll devil horns. Yeah. Crazy Town, devil horns right back. Right back. Tongue out. Scanlon takes off. And that was it. The moment rock and roll died. <laughs> <laughs> like some people think like rock and roll lost its innocence when Big Bopper and <laughs> Richie Valens and Buddy Holly went down in that plane. But no. Yeah. No, 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 no. It I also was saw that him, moment. I also saw him wa- wandering, him. Ar- wandering around outside the Comedy Central building one day. Scantlin? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no. he was kind of, yeah, it didn't look great. Yeah, we, that was the big Wang story with the crazy town guy was legitimately <laughs> upsetting. We were just looking to kill like 20 minutes before the 10 a.m. kickoff of the NFL games. And I don't know what crazy town was looking for, uh, but it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't corn and tomatoes. No, no it wasn't. Um, here's my choice. And I spoke about my first job ever at the uh, Rockland County Times. And um, and I remember driving to work. Uh, it was a cold January morning. And uh, this song was on. And uh, I have to say that um, 
I'm, I'm just certain songs you're kind of like you love them but you got to make sure the windows are up. Oh, for sure. I almost picked this one, by the way, when I was looking at the list. Um, I'm with you. I'm standing on the bridge. I'm waiting in the dark. I thought that you'd be here by now. There's nothing but the rain. No footsteps on the ground. I'm listening, but there's no sound. Isn't anyone trying to find me? Oh, won't somebody come take me home? It's that damn cold night. This is when the windows are up. Oh, perfect. As I've said many times on this podcast, Bob, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that, you know, girl pop singer. Your windows may be up, but everybody can see you just belting yeah. in the driver's seat. Uh, and I know this was written probably by The Matrix and several other Swedish songwriters. It was 2003 AI. Right. They, they were able to just put it into a machine and it just popped the song out. Which is not to take anything away from Avril Lavigne, because I believe that she had a hand in the writing of the, her songs. So I know. Oh, hey, Lavigne <laughs> heads, don't come for me. But this is a very, very well-polished, like yearning ballad yeah and i always loved it and you are not you are not especially it's a very different time now compared to 2003 oh yeah it wasn't okay for a bro to be into this avril song so i liked it and shame but now in 2023 i have nothing left to lose oh of course not you're fine now you don't roll those windows down buy a convertible sing it Leave my wife. <laughs> Leave buy a convertible. Wife. Buy a convertible and sing I'm With You on Move Sunset. Move to San Diego. Buy a place on the beachfront. Hang out with the guy from Puddle of Mud in Crazy Town and just ride around LA singing this. All right, here's the best part. You ready? This is so damn anthemic. Here we go. Music of course, out. yeah. I mean, these are this is some this is pro shit. precision this is pop pro songwriting. Shit. And I'll tell you what, you could say she's just a pop singer more than a songwriter, but she took this material. There it comes, right? Yeah. Now, which um, goosebumps, Bob? Just got goosebumps. Which Avril Lavigne was this? The first one or the second one? This is the first album. This no, is... no, no. Which Avril Lavigne was it? So the first Avril Lavigne. Like there was one that died in a car crash and they replaced her. Like the Ultimate Warrior. It's one of my favorite conspiracy theories online. Oh, tell me all about. There it. are two Avril Lavines. They okay, swapped, I'm listening. They swapped the original Avril out. I think after the first album. What happened to her? Uh, I don't know. I think I think, he, the, I think the old wrestling story was the uh, Ultimate Warrior got AIDS. That was a story. I do remember then, that because the other Ultimate Warrior showed up and he was much skinnier. <laughs> but people weren't like actually connecting the dots. It was like actually uh, Vince McMahon almost went to prison for fifty years for steroids and providing them to his wrestlers. Uh, so all those guys f- went from three hundred pounds to two twenty almost overnight in about nineteen ninety three. Uh, but yes, the Ultimate Warrior probably didn't die of AIDS, but he did die eventually. Rest in peace, Warrior. Did you know that Avril Lavigne was replaced by a lookalike named Melissa in 2003? At least that's what the internet would have you believe. 
the old conspiracy theory that Levine was cloned resurfaced on Twitter cloned? over the weekend. Wait, you lost me. <laughs> that was in quotes, though. But it has been uh, bandied about the Internet since 05 and thought to have originated on a Brazilian fan page. Wait a second. So when up. you get into this uh, Avril Levine uh, conspiracy theory, which I have in the past, there are like all these photos, you know, just showing like differences in her nose and her teeth and oh, stop it. so many little things. Oh, you mean the, the person that became a pop star with 80 million in the bank? Might have had some things done to her face <laughs> after that. It happens. Nope, it doesn't. This was uh, this is real. This is like Paul McCartney, but real. But do they are they saying when they said clone? Do they? No, mean- no. It was just like they Avril Lavigne died and they replaced her with a girl named Melissa Vandela. Well, I'll tell you what, her uh, pop hit making ability died. <laughs> that was mean. Yeah, it's true though. I don't know what happened after that. Oh, it has its own Wikipedia page. Avril Lavigne replacement conspiracy no, theory. No, it doesn't. It does. Oh, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> it's great. Wow. All right, let's get to it. Oh, yes. Speaking of powerful women. <laughs> yeah. I mean, both Avril's. But here's... Ooh, what was her name, Bob? Her name was Evanescence. <laughs> Evanescence Jones. Come on, you got this. It's in your head. Luke Keekley. That's right. Amy. It was Amy something. Amy Evanescence. Amy Evanescence. I told you, Bob. Tell me everything. What if I told you? Because, like I said, you had moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and I was still living with my parents during this year. What if I told you I was the wake me up guy? Wake me oh, up! Wow. Don't give up! Like, I, would you have any way of disproving it? I mean, I can't even prove that Avril Lavigne is Avril Lavigne, so I wouldn't have any way of disproving that. Her name is Amy Lee. Uh, she's part of the band Evanescence, founded in Little Rock, Arkansas. Really? And I think it's Ben Moody is technically the guy saying, wake me up. Save me! Um, I'd say high to very high quality drunk karaoke song. If you're with a girl who can sing, all you have to do is be Ben Moody and just yell into a microphone. Super fun. Yeah. I remember having to hate the song because it wasn't cool, but also not hating the song in 2003. This is, I think, of the this kind of post-new metal explosion bands. Uh-huh. I think they were pretty good. I think they had... They had a couple of songs. They had a couple of songs. Yeah. Um, they had... Listen, we're not talking about Evanescence again. They had this song, which I really liked. Remember this one? Going yes. Under? Yeah. Tears I've cried. You get to the chorus because chorus. I mean, she was. I'm sure she went solo at some point, but she legitimately had a really good, powerful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the rest of Evanescence were holding her back or, or helping her, but I'm kind of into a- Amy Lee. Here it comes. Oh, this is real. Oh, they have a nice bridge too. It's a good song. Here we go. 
definitely has that new metal crunch to the guitars. That's annoying. Yeah. Her voice. Is they kind of feel. Yeah, they kind of feel like Lady Incubus. Ah, good call. That's that crunch. That's the Incubus crunch. Yeah. And then they and I don't even remember what the song sounds like, but I remember thinking it was legitimately good off a later album a song called "Call Me When You're Sober." Great title. Yes, I do remember this one. Ooh, another great karaoke song. If you have like a, everybody's got like the girl in the group that's quietly really good at singing. Yeah, and she's like, I can't do it. I won't do it. Yeah, like, get up there. Just take the, the mic. Take there. the mic. Take the fucking mic. Like, <laughs> sounds, it sounds abusive, but <laughs> ah, Lady Incubus. <laughs> like if they just called themselves Lady Incubus, <laughs> it's like Lady Antebellum, but less racist. I also I do like it's a great like songwriting trick to. Open with the chorus. Well, that's the Aerosmith trick, right? Yes. Yeah. I bet. How much do you want to bet if we did just a tiny bit of digging, which we won't? The producer was like Bob Rock or something who produced <laughs> who the Aerosmith, Aerosmith song. Yeah. Here, let's listen to the chorus within the song. That's yeah, good. I, I love Evanescence. Yeah, I mean, Evan, Evanescence was. Because so much of uh, my identity, I would say our identity at the time, was like liking cool indie rock music that was coming out of New York. Evanescence was like a punchline band for us. It, like I remember. Well, the- they were even worse than that, Bob. They they were they didn't have an they didn't exist in a lot of ways. Like that was for that was for basics who don't even know what actually is big right now and what's important right now. This was for right. It was for like those people. Yeah, which is so pretentious a, in retrospect. So pretentious in retrospect. It wasn't bad, but I remember my it wasn't very cool. my very first blog post for my blog is poop two thousand three. There was an Evanescence dig in it. Easy, easy yeah. target. Easy target. Um, I remember the song ends great too. Hang on, <laughs> it's just Amy. So for those of Beautiful you, voice. for those of you who have uh, missed us during our hiatus, <laughs> we've spent the first thirty minutes digging deep into Zwan and Evanescence. Right, multiple songs. <laughs> All right, so that is the number ten song in the year two thousand three. Couple of years after Tuesday, and you'll, there are it will pop up. I think a couple times, Bob, in this playlist, there's some echoes of Tuesday. How could there not be? We were still in the shadows of Tuesday. Yeah. Um, well, there were no more shadows being cast after Tuesday. Right. There were plans to build a new shadow, but it was years before that happened. All right. This next song, I, I do hesitate because I know the second we hit play on this, Bob, it drops a little bit of money in this person's bank account. I don't really like this guy. Oh. <laughs> oh, take my money. <laughs> Take my money. You love this. Take my money, man. Yes. My life in a slow hell. Different girl every night at the hotel. I ain't seen the sun shining three damn days. I gotta pay. Let's not even say the name of who's singing this. Let's just enjoy it. I gotta pay this person a compliment that this sounds like a ripoff of another song. From an earlier time, but I think it might just be kind of an instant classic. <laughs> I think it's, that's it's one of those things where it sounds like something you've always knew. <laughs> oh, shit. shit. I put your picture away. 
Yeah. Another hint. This person's latest tour started with 45 on a giant screen saying you're about to experience real rock and roll music and you're Don't, the real no, people. No, stop, stop trying to, trying no, to no, ruin no, no, this no. for me. I'm just saying these are facts, Bob. Just shut up so Cheryl Crow can do her thing. Sat down and cried today. Voice is nice too there. Not bad. I can't look at you. Probably all his like, you know, rich kid voice lessons growing up in wealth. I will. Can I a little criticism? It's a little overproduced here. It's a little slick here. It's true. I'd like it a little. Bring it down raw. This is also Bob Rock probably producing. Yeah, Bob Rock is Cheryl made a lot of questionable decisions with men at this time. Oh, yeah. I think she was married to Lance Armstrong at the time. Eric Clapton, Lance Armstrong. Yeah. You're right. Two just not great people. The song was huge. I would have thought it was higher up. I didn't, know, I didn't know it was that huge. Oh, it was huge, Bob. I think it's uh, this person's biggest hit. No. Yeah. How? Because uh, it was a crossover. It crossed over on all. I think it was a huge, huge uh, song for his career because it allowed him to really dig into uh, the country market and, and really all that. Really dig into the red states, which he would make a career of later on. Right. This is Kid Rock, of course, uh, with Picture featuring Shell Crow, who probably has regrets, but actually she also gets some money every time this gets played as well, so maybe not. And, I mean, judging her taste in men, this is not the worst thing she's right. done. So. Off the 2003 album, Cocky. 2000, I'm, I'm showing here. Yes, okay. But I... I remember she's listening to this. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I'm reading, I'm trying to do what you do, where I just yeah. read Wikipedia while I'm doing this. I don't do that. What are you talking about? You, you're able to do it because of your many hours in front of a mic and not sound like you're having a stroke. But when I tried to do it, it was just an instant disaster. Uh, I rem- I feel like I remember listening to this song in college, but that doesn't check out. See, because I think it might be something else. I think he stole it. See, I just saw it. It's the fourth single and ninth track from Kid Rock's 2001 album, Cocky. That's what I just saw. It was released on November 12, 2002 as the fourth single and ninth track from the 2001 album, Cocky. <laughs> so maybe I grabbed it on Napster or something when I was still in school? It was recorded in March 01. I was there. That's what it was. Ah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying to think if there was... I wonder if there was any type of copyright infringement battle here. I'm looking to see that, too, because now I'm curious. When you said it sounds like a classic, knowing what he did with um, All, All Summer, Summer Long, of- did he... Did he ape this? But I don't think so. I just think he wrote a perfect country He's song. Such an ape. <laughs> Somehow Kid Rock just wrote a perfect country song. Um, like two years after Ba Would Da Ba. <laughs> uh, on the Hot Country Songs chart, um, it was on the charts for 22 weeks. Oh, it would have been so nice if he just did this and then disappeared forever. No, he no, did not. That's not what he did. He did not. Uh, so there you go. It was a big hit for uh, Rock. Kind of needed it. It was at a time where he needed just one more. Uh, he also rewrote... This is interesting. 
Oh, Rock re-recorded the song for radio with alternative country singer Allison Moorer because Atlantic was initially unable to get the rights from Crow's label to release the album version as a single. Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, that's interesting. So when the Moorer version was released, some radio stations began playing the Crow version instead, leading Billboard to credit the song variously to Kid Rock featuring Shell Crow or Allison Moore. The song was a commercial and critical success and was nominated for Vocal Event of the Year. <laughs> Vocal the Event? At the 2003 Country Music Awards. We should go to the CMAs one year. See what the fuck's oh, going on over there. I would love to. I would love to. Like, wouldn't the, you be uh, curious to see what the fuck's going on at the Country Music Awards? We should go to the Stagecoach Festival over in India where they do Coachella. Oh. I know. You know, there's... Here where I live, there's a kind of a small but not... Um, tiny contingent of whites that love country music. You didn't have to say the whites part. The country music, it's implied. <laughs> Outside of Darius Rucker, it's all implied. Um, and uh, there's there's like, oh, we're going to be down like every coach and six of the kids for like the seventh week of the Little League season. We're all going to stagecoach. Really? <laughs> like, I'm, what? <laughs> the fuck? Who's headlining? It's like, oh, Tim McGraw or whatever. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's always Tim Tim McGraw. Why don't I have a lane in this world? (laughs) Zach Brown Band will be there. I mean, how do you not go? Exactly. I sometimes I feel like I don't know between country and hip hop. I sometimes I feel like we got left behind, Bob. See, I, I because of alt country, I've definitely I think gotten deeper into country. It's It's, oh, it's so different. different. I know, I know. Oh, like modern country, I can't. But that's the that's what Stagecoach is about. Yeah. Like, like Zach Brown Band, I actually like a few of their songs. And they're probably one of the only more recent. They're like 20 years old at this point. But yeah, beyond that, I can't really handle too much. All right, we know about Tuesday, Bob. Well, obviously, we lived it. We lived it, is right. I want to tell you about another day. It's been too long. I want to talk about Saturday. Okay. August 25th, 2001. Princess Die? You got the die part right. Oh. Uh, Aaliyah. Yeah. We lost her. I know. Had that, that plane filled up with luggage and shit after doing that video for Rock yeah. the Boat. Awful. It was a big story. A huge story. And then Tuesday happens. And then it just disappeared. But it had... The death of Aaliyah had a long tail, Bob. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the shockwaves have reverberated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so here we are in 2003. It wasn't like Chandra Levy. It didn't Sh- disappear. We lost Chandra but... Levy. Yeah. It's like poor Farrah Fawcett dying the same day Michael Jackson Right, died. exactly. You know, just there's no coming back from that. Right. But Aaliyah was big enough um, that, you know, after everything with Tuesday died down a little bit. She put out another album, I guess. Well, she didn't do it. Um, I Care For You. And here's a song called Miss You. I'm not familiar with it, so let's listen to it. Yeah. Do you know it? No, I don't. Okay. I don't know what to do. I'm just wondering if you still care. I don't want to let you know that is killing me. I do like the weird, uh, like, sound, like, animal sounds in the background. It reminds me of the opening of our episode where you hear the cricket in the background of... You guys want some cookies? 
It's probably Timbaland at work again. Doing yeah. his thing. She uh, was so young. It's so sad. Yeah. Shitty situation. Plus, like, her name always comes up with the R. Kelly stuff, and that's unfortunate. I feel like that was kind of a red flag that... R. Kelly was a creep. I'm not going to say... We don't take ownership for it. We were just teenagers at the time, but, like... Hey, music journalists of the world. There were a lot of red flags there that <laughs> fucking R. Kelly was a monster. Maroon flag. Like the the reddest of the red flags. Um, he will come up a little bit later on this podcast. Aaliyah's ex-husband. Yeah. If you if you get a marriage annulled. You don't have to say ex-husband. Is no. he an ex-husband? No, not technically. It yeah. never happened. Well, that's good. All right, let's move. Do you have any, have any other Aaliyah takes? Did I say it was sad? You did? Did I say she was young? You nailed that. Yeah. Got it. You We're fucking good. nailed the young thing. Phew. All right, let's get Chingy in here. We need Chingy to help us out. <laughs> hey, dirty, Nobody has said, let's get Chingy to help us out since What's right, he doing? First thing, Googling Chingy alive. Let's see. <laughs> Chingy is alive. Born, All right. Hey, listen to this. I'm born in exactly 1980. Listening to the pod. How about that? How so you doing, buddy? Could be listening. Uh, it is weird that Chingy is 42 years old now. Do you think he still goes like, by? It makes sense that we're 42. Oh, we're very 40. I mean, well, you're I'm 43. Now. Yeah, it's not. Fucking, there's no. Bob. It's too far. It's I, I've gone too far. It's but disgusting. Chingy was never supposed to be 42. I feel like everyone would have been cool if Chingy was still 23, like eternally. In Amber, uh, is it, did we have the option to Amberize him back in 2003? Um, How many Instagram followers do you think Chingy has? Oh, that's that's a good question. What do you think? Well, just because I don't have. Um, it's a little bit of a blind spot, like, you know, the real nitty gritty of hip hop. I don't know if, like, if he had a a career that lasted a little longer. This this was kind of his moment as a pop mainstream guy. But I'll say I'm going to guess that Chingy really wasn't a big deal much longer after this. And because of that, he's going to have we should play the game. Does he have more or less than me on Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. OK. How many, um, how many do you have? I think I have like 21. I think he's going to have less. On Instagram, the verified Chingy has 198,000 followers. There you go. Motherfucker, disrespect. I apologize. And his most recent one was new single, Ballin' Dropping Soon. All right, so now that I've been humiliated by Chingy. You beat him on Twitter, though. He only has 67,000 on Twitter. Yeah, but he doesn't use that as a mouthpiece. <laughs> he's a, he's an image guy. I, he must he must have had a longer career than... Yeah, he must have. This song sure. doesn't do much for me, for the record. I remember party it. party hip-hop. I remember it. It's fine. It's a great era for hip-hop. It in was, terms yeah. Of, um, just party songs and... Yep. 
and we'll get to some like classics of the era. Um, Chingy kind of came and went and didn't do much for me, but who gives a fuck? He's got a hundred thousand Instagram followers. Well, he gives a fuck because he was born in 1980 and he wants to kind of be cool with you. And guess what? If he was born in 1980, he is cool with us. All right. (laughs) That guitar came in perfectly. Oh, yes. Here we go. Back in our comfort zone. Yeah. That's sad. It's so sad. All day, staring at the ceiling, making friends with shadows on my wall. All night, hearing voices telling me. Some sleep because tomorrow might be good for something. Feeling like I'm headed for a breakdown. Try to sing the lyrics to this one. I think I can do it. I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. I know right now you can't tell, but see a while and then you'll see. Can you do it? Pretty good. I, I, I went like 65%. I'm going to try next chorus. Okay. Because um, every time I listen to it, it's like, I hate this, I hate this. I'm I also know. singing along to it. Singing along to it because I like it, but don't tell anybody. I've been, uh, you know, we, we are Counting Crows guys. I think I put a lot of baggage on Counting Crows on two things. Um, like the... Big Yellow Taxi, Shrek era, yes. Counting Crows. But also, I think Matchbox 20 themselves kind of lumped them, Counting Crows, into a category they shouldn't have ever been in. Yep. So I hold that against Matchbox 20. Yeah. Um, totally. But this song is... Right, you're out. There were. Here we go. You're right. But I'm not crazy. I'm just a little unwell. I know right now you can't tell. But stay a while and later then you'll see. A different side of me I'm not crazy I'm just a little impaired I know right now you don't care Say like a solid 82% Yeah, this song actually yeah. is By Matchbox 20 standards Is kind of a banger This part's good too I've been talking in my sleep I, I hate that I'm kind of into this one Yeah Because they had some really wretched songs in this era Like this They had the first album that had I think we did the first album on the show, right? You think? <laughs> I don't know. I think we did. <laughs> but when they sustained a level of commercial success yeah. over the next three or four years, right. there were some fucking grotesque singles. Yeah. And I think that kind of... But only a couple. I mean, Boys, the Crows, that I think that really hurt them in a way. You know what I compared to? I, I had the realization. So recently, Scott Rowland got uh, elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Fucking bullshit. And I'm angry. Why, why fucking bullshit? Tell me. Because Don Mattingly's not in the Hall of Fame. 100% effect. correct. Every time somebody gets in, I'm annoyed. Even though by all accounts, he's like a good dude. Great guy. Good teammate. Good person. Fuck him. Fuck him because of Don Mattingly. So just like Don Mattingly has kind of sullied the entire Hall of Fame experience and I can't be happy for other people, Counting Crows did that with Matchbox 20. Okay. Yeah. They, they also did that for Train. There, there's <laughs> well, like Train also like 
doesn't deserve to be in the baseball. There's Hall a of lot. Time. Here's the thing that really, and I listened recently to a um, a Rolling Stone with Brian Hyatt. There's a podcast interviewed Duritz, and Duritz broke my heart in the interview because he he said, "I know, you know, for a lot of people, there's no coming back. We're just a joke. Like, and Oof. and and that's just." You know, that's unfair and you know, we're gonna be a punchline to a lot of different people. Um, and there's really nothing we can do about that. And I I what pisses me off about it is because yes, are County Crows blameless? No, they've 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 had some like mid tier and far less singles uh post the first couple albums. But I think all the bands that were indebted and inspired by County Crows that were fucking mid and way below Cause the Counting Crows to retroactively get dumped into that category. Yep. I won't fucking stand for it. Nope. And Don Mattingly should fucking be in the Hall of Fame. Correct. How is this happening now? How is fucking Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame? I know. Scott Rowland. These guys, forget you go, oh, New York Vice. Fuck you. No. Don Mattingly was, for a five-year period, the best baseball player in the world. Was it his fault he was on a shitty team? No. Fucking assholes. Yep. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Don Mattingly should be in Cooperstown podcast. Should we do that? Should we end the throwback pod after this episode and rebrand as a podcast specifically talking about <laughs> Don Mattingly getting into the Hall of Fame? That would actually be kind of cool. <laughs> we could have just like interview Steve Sachs and shit. Just all we do, we just talk to former teammates, fans who grew up in the 80s. It's kind of a Fun idea. Do you think it would work? Do you think if we did that and we dedicated I think be our, some traction to it, dedicated our lives to it, we can get him in the Hall of Fame? And then when he gets elected, he comes on the show. No, but he's still he's still big times us. Oh, that would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt. Tuesday, bro. This Good. song's called Tuesday, comma, bro. Just like you couldn't talk to Bono when you were in the same room with him, I don't think we couldn't talk to Don Mattingly. That would be too... I could talk to Don. You think you could? I don't think I could. Because I think he's a very down-to-earth guy. I know, but... Midwesterner and... I don't think I could talk to him. I think I'd be too... scared. It would be intimidating. It would be. All right, here is When I'm Gone, uh, a wartime classic from Three Doors Down. (laughs) Wartime classic. There's a line that I can't find Well, maybe it's too far away Can you do this chorus? I would like to give it an attempt. It's not going to go well. But the heart will be there. Can I try it first, this one? The heart will be there because I love the troops. There you go. So hold me when I can. Everywhere I'm gone. Tell me when I'm saying it. when I'm gone. Everything I am and everything I need wants to be the one you wanted me to be. From 2024. I was reading the lyrics, so I was cheating. That helps. That helps. I was just emoting. This is because uh... I love our, I love our military. Yeah, I love the troops. Obviously, I love the fuck out of the troops. You gotta. And if you don't like Three Doors Down, you hate the troops. Listen, hate the policy, love the troops. Hate the song. Can't say it. <laughs> I, can't. I can't say that I ever actively sought this song out. Certainly didn't download it for my iTunes library at the right. time. Look, as someone who's seen Three Doors Down in concert, I could tell you that this is not their best work, but I. Well, there's Superman. Superman. What else? That's it. Do we have to listen to Superman? I think we do. Why not? And, th- you know, turning so this off. So that means we're not going to do the second episode tonight, the Three Doors Down Kryptonite <laughs> album? 
I did, people need to know that. Um, oh, it was Kryptonite. Kryptonite, that's what it was yeah, called. yeah. Um, people need to know we just turned that song off. That was not a shot at the troops. Oh shit, dude! Why did you do that? We are so fucked it now. It's not a shot. You at just the turned troops. that off. Oh my god! I fucking love the troops, bro. I know, but you turned off three doors. Oh, guys, I'm gonna start typing up the apology now. now the troop, the troops will get it as soon as, soon as they hear this. Okay, good. They're back. Whew. Good save. They're like pounding on the door. <laughs> fucking, like, what do they call it when you... Um, the battering ram? Well, they battering ram in here. <laughs> and what's the thing they call when you turn the rifle around or the assault rifle and there's fucking knock the guy's face in with the other <laughs> with side? With the butt of the rifle. Yeah, with the butt of the rifle. Like a pistol whip or whatever. <laughs> yeah! I just feel like every, every, um, every song we played from this era, if we keep playing songs, it'll eventually get us back to me being able to play Scars by Papa Roach. <laughs> no, this is not. No, that's it. You took a leap. My weakness is that I can't do much. And my scars remind greatness. me that the past is real. I tear my heart open just to fail. All right, all right. <laughs> we don't need to go back to three doors now. Okay. So this was like, this was main, this is mainstream rock. Yeah. But this is like this is oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I saw them at the Baltimore Power Plant live, I think with Cracker. Really? Oh, no, it was, no, it was a Buck Who headlined? Sherry. Buck Sherry. It was free. It was a free concert down at the Power Plant. How do they get paid for that? I don't know. Just by being awesome. People just like throw $100 bills at them, I guess. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it was a big financial mistake, but it was worth it. All right. So that was number five in 2003 when I'm gone, which shout out to the troops. Yeah. Hey, I guess what? Fucking Saddam Hussein's not going to die on his own. No. Well, eventually he would have. <laughs> eventually. I mean, everybody dies. Yeah, he would have died. You know, cancer. Or, you know. That seems like a poor... Wartime strategy, though. AIDS got the ultimate warrior. Could have gotten Saddam. <laughs> I don't know what killed Avril Lavigne, but she's dead. Uh, usually, I feel like when the it's the um, pop star or whatever needs to be replaced, it's some type of you know tragic event. Like Avril Lavigne just sold 14 million, co- million copies of her first album. She's propping up the entire record label. Oh, she died in a car accident. Got to put someone in for the second album. It's the Dave yeah. Corollary. 1993 yeah. Kevin Klein like that's usually the setup it's an instant tragic death and then it has to be kept under wraps right I don't know what are we talking about <laughs> we're talking about finding the real Avril Lavigne do, we, into, do you buy into the theory I want to I want to believe I want to believe that there are forces at work making that happen um, up next Bob is a, th- a song I think is in the conversation as the biggest song of the 2000s. 
Wow. And what no. number is this? Where are we on the countdown? We're at number four. Not so just, not even the biggest song of 03, but right. you're saying biggest song of the 2000s. But we lived it, Bob. Okay. We were. Yes. Yeah. So crazy right now. Most incredibly. She girl. Me. Is she boy? Is she boy? Crazy in Love uh, by Beyonce featuring, I think it was the boyfriend at this time, Jay-Z? Yeah, not officially, together, not officially together yet. Father of her children and so on and so forth. Here we go. So there's some good like LA stuff with this battle we can get into. Um, but also this song is tremendously uh, notable in that it was the first song from Beyonce post Destiny's Child. Of course. And how fucking pumped was Columbia Records when this was presented to them as the single? Oh, they must have lost <laughs> their collective fucking minds. Because Jay-Z was tremendous at the time, like peak Jay-Z. Right. So just to have him on it alone would have been a win for them. And then for them to deliver the song together. And conversely, what do you think? Like, I assume they got an advanced copy, but let's assume, let's pretend they just heard it for the first time on like Z100. Yep. Kelly Rowland and the other one heard the song. Oh, I mean, just the fact that you said the other one just is so. Yeah, the best. It is the best. We didn't know. Yeah, we had no idea Beyonce would be Beyonce at this point. But you kind of did, actually. Well, she was like the star of Destiny's Child, but how many stars of a girl band have ever broken out like that? I mean, it was never anything like that. Uh, Diana Ross? 40 years earlier. I'm I'm just saying she was like a... uh, You could just tell she was different. And Destiny's Child was so huge that they were kind of like our generation Supremes. I think that's a good comp. And you, I know you have a, a relationship, Bob. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to happen. Before anyone else. Yeah, like a few months before. <laughs> you got to come and show your butt. You got to go and shake it. <laughs> Bob Castron is bootylicious. <laughs> yeah, me and my friend Beyonce. That's, that's interesting. She's so Beyonce. young in this. She's so young here. I look, I, I, look, I, look, I look exactly the same. Uh, <laughs> Beyonce, one of like the early shows I did on MTV was a show called Teen People's... It's booty <laughs> delicious! Teen, Teen People's Hottest 25 Under 25 or whatever. And uh, Beyonce was one of them. So <laughs> we, I think she's a 1981 baby, as I recall. We went to her uh, 
hotel room at like the St. Regis in New York. And it was just me and Robbio, our friend Robbio, mm-hmm. who's a producer oh, really? on that. Yep. And uh, there was I, there was some sort of holdup with like a makeup person, I think. So we ended up just like hanging out with Beyonce for like an hour before the interview. It was like Beyonce and her sister and her mom. Tina Knowles. And Solange, I think. Solange was there? Yeah. And I think we were just like all hanging out in a room. And then it was like, oh, makeup's here. Okay, we're ready to go. And I was uh, t- I was like a PA. So I mic'd her. I had to give her a microphone and... You, you did that. You ran the. I ran the, the wire. Mic, I ran the mic wire. We'll talk off. Anything mic. to share about that? So much. Uh, highlight of, highlight of my life. <laughs> but uh, at the very end of the interview, I had joked all day about how I was going to get Beyonce to officially declare me bootylicious. Right. And at the very end of the interview, one of their singles, uh, "Late Period Destiny Child." Uh, it was just like such a comfortable environment. Rabia was like, uh, "Beyonce, real quick." Uh, could you say that Bob is bootylicious? And she was like, what? And I was like, no, you don't have to. And she's like, yeah, I'll do it. Ah. Get on up here. Get on up here and show your butt. And so I went up there, put my ass right next to Beyonce's face. And she said, Bob Castrone is bootylicious. And uh, we fell in love. We right. fell in love. Right. Which was the weird part. Like, you don't really get that when you see the little uh, video. Right. <laughs> Listen to her laugh. You got to come and show your butt. She's very authentic and real. You got to go and shake it. <laughs> Bob Castron is bootylicious. <laughs> She's super attractive in this moment because she seems like a real person. That's why we fell in love. So then when I heard she was also like seeing Jay-Z and making music with him, I was like, all right, that's a little competition, but I think I got this. Right, especially if you like read any of the gossip about Jay-Z and what makes him a great partner. <laughs> Which I did. I was like a two-liter Coke bottle. What is yeah, that? It's like... It's like not, it's not like, it's not a difference in inches. It's like it's a divide by two and then <laughs> subtract. I wasn't going up against Wes Scanlon. All right, here we go. Sean Paul. This, this always completely escaped me, but uh, it's the number three song of 2003. Stop it. Can't do it. That song, I have like PTSD from that song because when I moved to Brooklyn, every Saturday morning, the apartment right next to us would blast that song and wake me up for like (laughs) six months straight. That one song every fucking Saturday morning, the one morning when I was like hungover and wanting to sleep, Mm -hmm. that song would come blaring through the walls and I still can't hear it. Yeah, it fucks me up when I hear it. All right, so let me play a song that actually makes you way more comfortable. Okay. Now, you. usually I don't do this, but uh <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I was about to say yes, but I can't. Now I'm not trying to be rude. Hey, pretty girl. Are we allowed to play this? Well, how is Juan not on Spotify, but fucking R. Kelly is? <laughs> the the biggest problem with playing this is this song's a fucking banger. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that. Annoying. Oh, all right, I'm not just going to, th- I mean, after what you just kind of like went through with the troops and everything, I don't want to get you into more hot water. 
I support the troops, Bob. It was a little dicey for a second. You are the biggest Ignition Remix fan that I know. You fucking love this song. Yeah, I did. And I would have been like, I love this song, but you love yeah, this song so I thought this much. was... Um, listen, R. Kelly was... <laughs> Be careful. R. R. Kelly was the dude. Like, he was the R&B superstar of his era. And it's fucking crazy that he's now in jail for like the rest of his life. Yeah, he's going to die in jail. Hopefully and, he better. And, you know, we mentioned Aaliyah. Like, she was an underage girl. Kind of missed that red flag, society. Even though it was like fucking oh, waving right everywhere you look. Shut the fuck up. We'll <laughs> oh no! Don't, don't. But it's interesting who, who gets the pass, and yeah. Who doesn't? Like, uh, you would think what Michael Jackson has been accused of um, would maybe get him pulled off services, but it never did. Right. Um, R. Kelly obviously is still here, but then R. Kelly was in, in like a state penitentiary and released a single a couple months ago that right. was briefly on streaming services. Right, still on YouTube. Which is weird. Yeah, very oh, weird. How was it? I don't know. You're the biggest R. Kelly fan I know. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I love the Ignition Remix, but like, I like trapped in the trapped in the closet even better. If you remember <laughs> that one. Of course. No, what about this... keep it on the down low? Remember the videos? He did these opus videos in the nineties. Yeah. Just this tragic Romeo and Juliet arcs. Like he he was talented and he fucked it up. Fucking monster. Uh but fuck that song's good. I mean it's not. It's terrible. No, no. But it's good. It is good. It is good. It, it's not just good, it's great. But it's all it's all gone now. Right. I'm actually lo- But that's like one of those Oh, it's dicey. Can't even get into it. No, it, go ahead, Bob. It should be gone because he's a fucking monster. Like a, a certified, like, undoubtable, like, he's a fucking monster. Right. So he should be erased. That makes sense. Right. But it's a good song that's going to be erased. So we shouldn't erase No, it. we should. We have to. Can we put, like, an asterisk or something next to it? Like nah. with Barry Bonds, 73 homies? <laughs> he's not getting in the Hall of Fame either. But it's it really depends on the artist. Like I love Michael Jackson. We've talked about this before. Shit, I love Kanye. It's music. Still banned in the Castron House. Is it still any updates on that? Still banned. Like Kanye has like five of my favorite albums of the last twenty years, and it's like, shit. What happens with that now? <laughs> yeah. What do you do, Bob? How do you, Bob? See, here's what I. How think. do you separate the artist? Oh, stop! From the person. I think, <laughs> I love the troops. Don't forget that. I think that <laughs> Kanye deserves an asterisk. R. Kelly has to be erased. Okay. What about Michael? You know, like when they have that little cross instead of an asterisk, give yeah. him one of those. He gets a cross. Because oh. then, like when you see the cross, you're always like, "What does that mean?" Like, there's a little more to it. No, we can't get deeper into R. Kelly. No, this is this is not okay. This we can't do. No, we can't do this. What I'm saying is, here's another example of a song that shouldn't exist anymore on major <laughs> streaming services. 
Yeah, obviously it shouldn't. Like this right here? No, you're amplifying it now. No, 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 no. I'm pointing out this right here cannot be. No, it can be. On any streaming service. No, and definitely be and not on our podcast. No, 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 no. Not this even. would never be on our podcast no. and celebrated on any level. Wait, what about this? What is this, Bob? Oh, no. Weird Al parody. Ooh, interesting. A little dicey. Where does that fall? Let's see what he's got. This is an 11 minute song, Bob. <laughs> Not long enough. Do we have to cancel Weird Al? No, for parodying that, well, a monster. We all do. Seven o'clock in the evening, watching something stupid on TV. I'm zoned out on the sofa when my wife comes in the room and sees me. And she says, Is this behind the music with Leonard Skinner? <laughs> and I say, I don't know. Say it's getting late. What you want to do for dinner? She says, I kind of had a big lunch, so I'm not super <laughs> hungry. I said, well, you know, baby, I'm not starving either, but I could eat. She said, so what do you have in mind? I said, I don't know what about you. She says, I don't care if you're hungry, let's eat. I said, that's what we're going to do. But first, you got to tell me what it is you're hungry for. And she says, let me think what's left in our refrigerator. I said, well, so good. So good. She said that went bad a week ago. I said, is the chili okay? I like him going back to food stuff. Yeah. I hopped up and said, Sweet I don't spot. know, do you want to get something delivered? She's like, why would I want to eat liver? I don't even like liver. I'm like, no, I said delivered. She's like, I heard you say liver. I'm like, I should know what I said. She's like, whatever. I just don't want any liver. <laughs> I like that liver was the stand-in for bad food for a long time. Oh, it's liver. It's not anymore. It's just like off the radar yeah, now. Yeah, would, would your kids get a liver joke? No. Does that even make sense? I don't even, I don't even know what the fuck liver looks like, but it was, it was like liver and lima beans or whatever was the worst. Liver and meal. onions, liver and Brussels sprouts. All right. So, yeah. R. Kelly, man. And Weird Al. Sloppy. And Weird Al. Gotta go. Gotta go. All right. So, Crazy in Love to me is the song of 2003, but... There is a very worthy contender. Go, oh, go, oh, go, 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 shorty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck. It's not your birthday. You'll find me in the club. Bottle full of bub. Look, mommy, I got the eggs. I'm getting the taking drugs. I'm in the having sex. I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug. Get in the getting rough. All right, the number one song of 2003, according to Billboard, is In the Club by 50 Cent off Get Rich or Die Trying. We all know the story. A Queens rapper shot a million times, survives, found by Dr. Dre and Eminem, and becomes for about 18 months like the biggest star in music. Like, unbelievably huge. Massive. Massive. And you know what's kind of weird? I always thought, like, I get why this song was a huge hit, but I always thought it just was kind of flat. It's repetitive, but it was, it's just that beginning and then the beat, that's it. But even, like, the production on it was like the dun dun. It just doesn't, it never really did much for me. I have so many memories of just working at MTV at this time, and this was on every oh. TV constantly on repeat. 
full of bugs. Look, mommy, I got that eight sippy in the take of drugs. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug, you're in the getting rough. You can find me in the club. Bottle full of bugs, look, mommy, I got that eight sippy in the take of drugs. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug. And he's still famous, 50 Cent, but he never approached anything close to this album. Yeah. Ever. I mean, he was so big that I think they made a movie about his life that was like on well, a, he had that a thing studio with Ka- movie. He had, he had that thing with Kanye where they both had, they did the Oasis Blur thing. Oh, that did not work out. That did not Cent. work out for 50 Cent. He lost that, like... That was graduation both, against... I don't even remember what whatever, whatever, without me, maybe? I don't even know. Or is that... Without me, it was Eminem. No, I, oh, yeah, Eminem, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what was the Kanye one? Uh, well, Kanye was graduation. It was 2007. It was graduation right. against, and I'm trying to think what the M. Oh, that's that's a good question. That's a great like uh, vault. What was the 50 Cent single? Because 50 Cent came out with a song that was just a little meh, meh. and then fucking Kanye again. Kanye, son of a bitch. Why, yeah. buddy? He came out with stronger, the right. Daft Punk song, and it was like what? What was that? So I kind of like that single now. Well, let me find it here real quick. But it's completely lost to the to the ether. Here. Yeah, once he lost that, that was kind of like that ego blow. That was the tenth shot that hit fifty cent. <laughs> he survived the first nine. He couldn't survive number ten. He died from that one. Yeah, but he made a billion level. dollars with vitamin water, so he's doing okay. Oh, that's right. He had the vitamin water thing. Yeah. All right. That is the top ten songs of two thousand three. What are your thoughts, Bob? What are your overarching thoughts after going through all those songs? It was fun listening to them. It didn't evoke the nostalgia of the time for me because that's not what we were listening to. Mm -hmm. It was the unavoidable stuff that you would hear when you went out, like the Ignition Remix or obviously Crazy in Love and 50 Cent. Like It was around everywhere, but it wasn't what I was listening to when I went home, except when uh, that terrible song was blaring through the walls. Brooklyn. Sean Paul. Ugh. He got you bad there. So um, it was cool to revisit it in that way of like, that's what 2003 was to the world. The showdown was. But if we would have just done Zwan, I could have really dug into like personal <laughs> stories. Uh, by the way, the showdown between Kanye and 50 Cent was on September 11th, 2007. Put it on the Put fucking Put it on the board. fucking Bored. And now I'm going to play a song, Bob, that I have not heard since that time. The The single, it was, as I said, Stronger by Kanye yeah. against IO Technology, which was oh, right. 50 featuring JT. So it's not like he went into this fight with like a, a pea shooter. He came with Justin Timberlake and it was this song. Some special. Unforgettable. It's sick. Just damn, damn, simple Kind of. And then this was his competition. I remember that song like blasting at your Lower East Side apartment. Oh, yeah. And everybody was just fucking going off. And the iPhone had just come out. 
And the whole world was filled with possibilities. Yep. And I was like, this guy's never going to be anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. We have nothing to worry about. Yeah, I know, Bob. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> that happened, Bob. We all are. I mean, not anti-Semites. They're fine with it. But no, like the like, re- ah, cool. Okay. Finally, cool, man. Cool, we, man. we needed another one. Um, all right. There you go. Well, before we pick a song from 2000, 2003 to add to right. our throwback podcast playlist. Right. Dan, we're on Patreon. Did you wait? Did we decide? Did we have a final verdict on R. Kelly, MJ, Kanye? Are we just wiping them? Jerry Lee Lewis. R. Kelly wiped. So we are going case by case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. They're all different. MJ. Cross. The cross. Yes. Yes. Kanye. Kanye asterisk with the potential for more. Yeah. We got to see what else Kanye says. It's still early. We're actually at the stage where we got to see what Kanye does. Correct. You know, if he starts forming a militia or something, we might have to (laughs) take this. Yeah. Yeah. He might get the wipe. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on Kanye. Great balls of fire. I think we're going to get rid of it. Just because who gives a fuck? <laughs> who gives a fuck? It's out. It's gone. <laughs> Wipe it from streaming. Anyway, what? Dan, we got to thank our top tier Patreones for keeping this podcast oh, afloat. Yeah, 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 yeah. First up, we got to thank Courtney and Wyatt. Oh, I love Courtney and Wyatt. What a couple. Power couple. The whole the whole family over there. Great fam. Great, Great fam over do there. Do we need to put a little cross next to them? Just... To be safe? Just to be safe. I don't think they've done anything wrong. cross. I don't know what you're basing this on, but if you sense that we should. It's just a vibe I have, maybe. We maybe, that's a family where we need to do a little bit of digging. Maybe on Wyatt, not necessarily Courtney. Especially Courtney. Especially Courtney, all right. Put put that on a separate board. We need a new board. We're running out of wall space. Yeah, no, but we're going to keep an eye on that family. Okay. (laughs) Just to be safe. Um, we also have to thank Miles, Miles for continuing to support us. Uh, our newest Patreone, Matthew, Matthew, no. Matthew, 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 Matt. Hi, Matt. Matt. Hey, Matt. Maddie. Hey, Maddie. Matteo. All right. Yep. We got to thank Matt. Do we know anything about him? He emailed us, but I don't have it readily accessible. Oh, I know that's on me. Got your ass. That one's on me. <laughs> you made me look bad. I just know he's a great guy that's supporting the podcast. He, of course he is. He's Obviously, a fucking man. And of course, or whatever he is. <laughs> of course, put a cross next to him. Is he a troop? Do you support him? I, if he's a troop, put a little yellow ribbon next to him. <laughs> Tie it around him. <laughs> put him in our front yard to let everybody know that we're yeah. Okay with the Iraq War. Uh, and finally. <laughs> We're okay with the Iraq and War. And finally, Dan. Okay. The one and only. Bruno. Oh! Wait, 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 wait. You got to tee the it up one, again. I, well, I was trying to. I I'm was, sorry. I was seeing you sit there on your fucking hands. I thought you'd be ready this hey, hang time. Hang up. Hang up. <laughs> hang on. Here we go. And finally, Dan. Yes, Bob. What? The one and only legend. Who could it... Who could it be? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bruno. Yes. The sponsor. (laughs) There it is. Where are you right now, Bruno? It's like you haven't missed a beat. You had it all ready to go. Are you on that bus? (laughs) That hollowed out bus in the middle of the woods? Are you a skeleton? Are you alive? We, people always say to me, Dan, like, 
why do you always wonder if Bruno's still alive? Because obviously you keep on getting money. Think about this, bitch. It's a checking account with an automatic withdrawal. Oh, for sure, yeah. And it's not it's not something backbreaking. So if he goes into the wild with ninety grand in his checking account, right. we could be doing this podcast for ten more years. Yeah. All thanks to Bruno's skeleton. Do I want him to be a skeleton? No. No, of course not. Is it possible he is? Very likely. More likely than not. Full skeleton with like the the mouse coming out of where the eyeball socket is. <laughs> Just fucking cobwebs it's like, everywhere. It's like one-eyed Willie and Goonies. He's got a bunch of gold There's around no him, too. There's no flesh. Yeah, gold. <laughs> There's no flesh at all. Booby-trapped, the whole thing. And no, no one else gets a theme song. <laughs> no matter what. That's it. Uh, so thank you. What everyone. about those guys from Australia? The NXS guys? Mancy and Kleine. Yeah, Mancy and Kleine. They told us to fuck off. Why? I don't know. Did Because we didn't do the uh, elegantly wasted album? <laughs> it might be that. Come back, guys. Come back. Are they still listeners? Yeah. They got, I mean, for What do you sure. mean they gotta? They got You think this is a show that people need to come back to over and over again? No, but they do. Mancy okay. and Clyde do. Okay. Yeah, they'll be here. All right. Guys, re-listen to the NXS episode. Let us know. <laughs> Thank you to, support. to everyone on Patreon.com kicking in 2, 6, 12, whatever. Every month, we appreciate all of you. You guys are the best. And uh, we're going to keep doing this because of you. Yeah. In some capacity. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we, might not, we might not promote it. And by we, I mean Dan. But right. we will be doing this probably. Sure. Sure. Should that be on the t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this probably. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Maybe. Why not? Maybe. All right. Can we pick the song name up? Yeah, I think we're in a fight. Why? What do you What do you got? What do you got? I know, I know what you got. Mine's easy. You shake my nerves. <laughs> no. Wipe it. Too much Wipe love it. Drive a man insane. You broke my will. Do we just get the podcast canceled by putting ignition on it? I mean, is that how we just ruin ourselves? It's so good, Bob. It's too good. Don't tell anyone how good that fucking song still is. Look, I know what we're going to put on. It's like, dude, dude, that that whole part. But I just have to say. Chris Del Papa. Fuck. Kid yeah. Rock wrote a modern country Oh, classic. get out of here. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, Bob. Think about the playlist, Bob. Think about someone finding the show and, and Bob Ritchie's on the playlist. No. I don't want that. Bob we know we know what we're doing here. Richie. We're doing my friend and nearly partner. Like so close to like dating. Like you sensed it. Uh. No, it's not Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas and I were never going to be together. All right. Um, you nearly dated. Like really like the chemistry was. Oh. Obviously. I mean, she didn't touch you. If you watch watch the video on Instagram, she's very careful not to touch Bob. <laughs> and I don't mean that to hurt your feelings, Bob, but you're the one that said that you almost got married to her. She wasn't handsy. No, there was like, there was like a vibe. Well, her mom, her mom was there. She didn't want to be like, she's, yeah, but she's a she, nice girl from if Texas. She was kind of into it. She would have done a little friendly, flirtatious, like touch of your shoulder or back. If there was just a little bit of that, 
but she was more like, oh, this is the guy that lingered with the wire for a couple <laughs> extra seconds. I did. He's the lingerer. I, I probably did, but I was so scared. Like, oh, he's the guy that smelled my hair. I was 23 and horrified. While he was putting in my uh, earpiece. <laughs> but like, yes. But like, do you think she remembers me? You know what? She might be one of those people that remembers a face and does. That's and enough she, for me. And just the fact that she said your full name, I, I have respect for Beyonce. That was a long time ago, though. Not that long. 20 years. What's, what's 20 years? All right. That's it. Thank you for listening. We'll be back at some point. We'll be back in two weeks. Sure. We shall see. <laughs> All right. Uh, until then, what Beyonce was said to Bob, if he just lingered three more seconds near her. Let's be together. If I get out. But I still don't say just how you love you do I know it's okay.